In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear brethren, the gospel for today begins with the following words. Nupsie facte sunt. And there was a marriage. Those words apply literally to that marriage that took place in Cana of Galilee, in which our Lord Jesus Christ performed his first miracle, changing water into wine. But if we look more closely, we will see that the first words of the gospel for today can signify something else. They can signify a higher mystery. Nupsie facte sunt, and there was a marriage. So today I wanted to speak to you about a great mystery, about a marriage. But a marriage in which our Lord is not only the guest, but the bridegroom himself. Today I wanted to talk about the story of our salvation, which is the story of love. Love between a husband and a wife. Love between God and our humanity. From all eternity, from all eternity, God the Father wanted to give a wife to His only begotten Son. And that's the reason why He created human nature. In order to be espoused by His Son. And thus enter one day in the company of the Most Holy Trinity. That was the desire of God to share His glory, His own happiness. So God created our nature in His image and likeness, that is to say, with a spiritual soul, capable of having communion with Him. And He placed human nature on this earth, as in a palace, and submitted to it the entire creation. Our nature was the chosen one of the king, his fiancée, the promised one who was waiting for her Lord. However, the enemy of God, full of envy, wanted to destroy the divine plan. And his intention was precisely to separate the bride from the bridegroom, to separate our humanity from God. And so he did. Disguised as a serpent, the devil 
convinced our human nature to disobey the commandments of God. The bride was unfaithful and then exiled away from the Lord. This bride who lived in the happiness of paradise came to know all the sufferings of this earth, pain, tears, and death. This bride who before was so full of riches, so full of grace, suddenly became so poor and miserable as if she should never receive forgiveness and return to her homeland. And that was all that she got with her infidelity, misery and shame. But the Lord, our Lord could not suffer his bride to remain away from him. Yes, she was unfaithful and followed the voice of the enemy. However, God, he is always faithful. And his plan of love and salvation was still standing. So it came time for God to have mercy on our, on our nature. The time had arrived for the bridegroom to come himself and to rescue his beloved one. The time had come for the marriage to be finally accomplished. And so, God sent one of his great messengers, the Archangel Gabriel, in order to ask for the consent of our nature. And the Virgin Mary was chosen to be the spokesperson for the entire humanity and to say yes or no to God's proposal. The angel came and announced the request of God. And the Virgin Mary gave her yes. And it was in this exchange of consent between creator and creature that a great mystery took place. The Son of God espoused our nature. The perpetual marriage between God and our humanity was finally accomplished when God became a man in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And this is the mystery of the Incarnation. Those who were two became one in Jesus Christ. For in the unique person of the Son of God, we see the union of the divine nature with the human nature. Union that will never know an end, because God 
has espoused our nature forever. So it was in order to save our human nature, in order to save each one of us, that he wanted to become a man, to suffer and to die, to pay for our sins. He came to rescue us in order to take us with him to the glory of heaven. This is the amazing love of God for our humanity, the chaste love of a husband for his wife. Nuptia facte sunt, and there was a marriage, and this marriage is the incarnation. So, my brethren, the incarnation is the marriage between God and our human nature. And the sacrament of marriage, the sacrament of marriage is supposed to be a mirror of this marvelous marriage of the Son of God. The union of a husband and a wife is a sign of this ineffable union between God and our human nature. In this way, husband and wife are to reproduce in their lives the love of Christ and the Church. The Apostle St. Paul says, As the Church is subordinated to Christ, so the wives should be subordinated to their husbands in everything. And the husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church and delivered himself up for her. This is the reality that the married couple has to imitate the love of Christ and the Church. And because this union of Christ with the Church is indissoluble, it follows that the union between a husband and a wife cannot be broken. Marriage is for life. It means that the husband cannot divorce his wife and look for another one. And the same for the wife. She cannot divorce her husband and have another one. Because Christ is faithful to his church and the church faithful to Christ. Our Lord has only one spouse, which is the Catholic Church. And the Church has only one husband, who is the Lord. A second union would be adultery. 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 
Nowadays, many people speak falsely about marriage, saying that one can divorce and then marry again. Why not? Well, these statements not only go against marriage itself, but they go against the dogma of the Incarnation, which is the reality that marriage is supposed to represent. Our Lord has espoused our nature forever. In the marriage of the Incarnation, there will never be a separation. And the same has to be found in the Christian marriage. Divorce cannot break, cannot erase, cannot undo the sacrament of marriage. This is a truth of our faith, whether people like to hear it or not. Any other doctrine that departs from this truth should be considered a lie of the devil. Marriage is not disposable in the sense that we can throw one away and look for another one. No. But marriage is for life. So may the chaste love of Christ and the Church be the model for husbands and wives to live faithfully their vocation. A love which is more in the spirit than in the flesh. A love whose goal is above all eternal salvation. So my dear brethren, pray and ask God to give you all the graces you need in order to accomplish well the duties that your vocation requires from you. Your vocation as a spouse, your vocation as a parent. Because it is there in your vocation and not somewhere else, but in your vocation that God wants to sanctify you in the faithful accomplishment of the duties of your estate in life. If you are a bad husband, if you are a bad mother, you are not pleasing God. The families are the cells of the society. And if we regenerate the cells, we will be working for the regeneration of the whole society. Which means that, which means that, the restoration of all things starts inside your home. It starts with your family. And your role, your role in this is essential.
So do not try to run away from your vocation, but embrace it with all your heart. Remember, faithfulness to God, faithfulness to one's vocation, is all that really matters in this life. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.